Good evening and welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. And as always, on a Wednesday night, I'm joined by the living legend, Super Mac and John Gibson. Hi, lads. Hi, Steve. Hi, John. How are you all? Great. Good to see Hi, you, lads. Good, good to all see good. you. And, uh, and welcome to the live crowd. I've uh, been neglecting the, uh, neglecting the show over the last couple of nights, uh, having pre-records on. So this is the first live one of the week. So it's good to be back and taking everybody's questions. I'm sure we'll get uh, get a lot coming in tonight. Um, let's start then, Malcolm. Um you know, it's a week since we did the last show. It was doom and gloom. We're looking at potentially looking at relegation season. Have we suddenly had a Have we suddenly had a turn of fortunes? Um, or is this? Uh, are you Are you basically looking at this and thinking, well, you know, don't get too excited? Are, are you happy with the signings, Malcolm? I really can't say until I see them play and how Steve organises them. I'm I'm happy that Steve's gone and he's done a lot of business in a, in a very few short days um so i'm uh, I, I am delighted with that and it'll be very very interesting to see how these guys all settle in um uh, and and i'm looking for I, I want to see just how he shapes them all up um as, as a as a working unit and uh and then what they can do. It's interesting, though, that uh, that they sign the uh, centre forward from Bournemouth and then give him the nine shirt. So uh, ah, now there, there, there we have it. Now they did. There was rumours going round that he'd been given the number nine, but this is something yes. we can talk about. He's took the thirteen, and the uh, Joe Linton oh. is. Re uh, it's only just come out today. Joe Linton is keeping a hold of the number nine shirt. Really. Uh, I wonder why. <laughs> I would have thought he'd be glad to get rid of it. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll come to that, John. I'll come to you about the uh, about these players first, and cast your mind back uh, yeah. to the 1980s. <laughs> I'm 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 old enough to remember the the 1980s when Willie McFall uh, got the checkbook out and uh, bought John. Um, he bought Dave Besant, the goalkeeper, Andy Thorne, the centre half. John Henry and John Robinson, who turned out to be uh, the smallest pair of centre forwards in our history, uh, and Glyn Hodges, who uh, didn't didn't last much longer than eighty five days, I don't think. Um, that season, the the, the infamous nineteen eighty eight eighty nine season, after spending such a, a great amount of cash, Newcastle United were promptly relegated. Um, now, you know that can happen. We've spent a lot of money. Um, you know, we brought in players who essentially we all hope will um, make you know Newcastle's job of staying in the Premiership a lot easier. But I'm just trying to play a little bit of devil's advocate there, John. What what's your take? Is it going to be a season of is this going to be a season of joy? Do you think with these lads, or do you think we might uh, we, we might come a cropper? Well, trust you to rain on our parade, Steve. But uh, yeah, I do know I do know where you're coming from because I remember that season with Willie McFall ever so well. And if money was the automatic answer to every problem, we wouldn't have a number nine because Joe Linton at 40 million would have ripped the backside out of the Premier League instead of scoring just two goals. So it's an automatic answer. I do believe that the three signings we had this week, Callum Wilson, Ryan Fraser and Jamal Lewis, are good business by where Newcastle are. You know, not, not a... a Champions League club, but the club they are, I do think that is good business. And I do think it has significantly raised hopes, if not expectations. But yes, we have to be realistic. Three players coming in is not going to turn Newcastle into the entertainers, is not going to turn um, suddenly where Newcastle are going to automatically qualify for Europe. But I do believe that it's is their input will be significant in giving us a real chance of avoiding relegation and perhaps looking at a, a top 10 finish. The problem always is, of course, uh, twofold in this case. First of all, I would like another striker to come in on loan at Newcastle, but heaven forbid, but if Callum Wilson got an injury, we're back to uh, mm -hmm. Joe Linton, Muto and Andy Carroll with all with a lack of goals as being our through-the-middle strikers because Dwight Gale's out for a while. So um, 
that is a worry. Ryan Fraser isn't ready yet. Um, I mean, I think Fraser and Wilson go together terrific. Two seasons ago, they were wonderful in mm -hmm. partnership for Bournemouth, both very, very quick, yeah. which when we think we get Maxman and Almirin as well, that's a very quick foursome. Um, but Fraser's not ready yet. He hasn't played for six months because he, he didn't um, increase his uh, contract for when we come back after coronavirus. So he's going to take time to get, get up to speed. But I would I would hope that it will have a significant uh, lifting of spirits at Newcastle. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser, of course, tried and tested, play with each other, lived in the same street, I think, mm. at Bournemouth at one point. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, look, my view is I'm happy to see these signings come in. Anything's better than nothing, and we've had plenty of nothing under Mike Ashley. So, I'm optimistic that these guys will hit the ground running. We need the look with injuries. We need the look with suspensions, as, as all football teams do. But it's a start. It's encouraging also to hear that that's not going to be the end of it. They're still chasing other players. So hopefully you get the you know you get what you want, John. We all get what we want, and, and another forward coming in. Malcolm, back to you on the number nine shirt. Then uh, a lot of people asking about it. James Brown says hello. What are your views about Callum Wilson reportedly taking the number thirteen shirt and Joe Linton keeping the number nine shirt? Lee Taylor also says. Uh, the number nine shirt at the club is the most iconic number because of the legends which have worn the number over the years. As one of those legendary forwards, Malcolm, what is your opinion on Joe Linton? David Morton says, just retire the number nine shirt and, and, and until someone earns it. Uh, a lot of people talking about the number nine shirt, as always, Malcolm. It is iconic because of people like yourself who've worn it with such you know, skill and pride and banged the goals in. What's your view on, on the news that you know Callum Wilson, um, you know, didn't take it because it wasn't on offer. Uh, so Joe Linton is keeping a hold of it. What is your view on that? Well, I'd love to know um, whose decision it was for uh, for Callum not to um, have the number nine. Um, and I'm surprised that Joe Linton wanted to keep hold of it. Um, if if I'd been him in in the situation that he finds himself at this club, uh, I would have said, "For take it, God, take it, give it to anybody." Um, give, give me a, 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 a um, just uh, any old big number. Um, so I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm just wondering whether people aren't realising the people who are in the club um, aren't realising just what the number nine actually means up here. I'm sure that Steve Bruce um, understands, but I, so I, there I don't understand why he's made this decision and allowed it to happen. But uh, uh, good for Callum uh, that he's taken the number 13. It shows that he's not superstitious at all. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and I hope he, he does really well. Um, quite how it's all going to start. Um, can, in all honesty, can you see Joe Linton getting in the side? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I hate to say this, Malcolm. I was asked this on Twitter today, but yes, I do. I think he'll, I think he'll play most games again. There's something in his contract right. I'm convinced about. I'm just convinced that there is something in his contract that says he's got to play. We'll find out. We'll find out as soon as the weekend comes because I've got a well, feeling he'll stick with him. I, I have never known... A clause like that. Have you, John? Have you ever come across a clause um, in in, a, no. in a, an English um, Premier League contract or Football League contract? No. I, I, I would hate, I would hate to see it, Malcolm. I would hate Sorry. to see it. The interesting thing, guys. The, the interesting thing about the Joe Linton Callum Wilson thing that I think we've got to say. From Wilson's point of view, he said that he didn't, he is saying that he doesn't want to cause any trouble in the dressing room by taking the shirt off a guy that's already got it in the club. But I think that's a number nine shirt off Joe Linton. Um, but I think it's rather interesting, Malcolm, that he is wearing 13. Now, he has worn the number 13 shirt for the last six years, six playing seasons, and has scored a pile of goals and got in the England side 
wearing the 13 shirt, mm -hmm. which isn't unlucky for him. And I think, therefore, he's quite happy to come to wearing the 19 shirt. Yeah. But he yeah, yeah. doesn't want to create sure. by taking the nine off him. But the interesting thing with that, Malcolm, the, the interesting thing with that, mate, is just to emphasize that we have had this problem before. If you remember, when Les Ferdinand come here, he got the nine mm. shirt. Then we signed Alex Shearer and Kevin yeah. Keegan took the number nine shirt off Ferdinand and give it to Shearer, which I think we can all understand. Ferdy did say that he was very dischuffed about that, but it didn't stop him playing in a 10 next to him, scoring a pile of goals alongside Shearer uh, in uh, one great season together. So we have that had that before. Um, but it, the point Malcolm made is the point that I really do believe. I would have taken it off Joe Linton uh, because I think it's a weight on his back. The number nine legend yeah. is a weight on his back. I, I um, agree with if you. I'd been, if I'd been Bruce here, I would have took the nine shirt off him. Yeah. It doesn't seem to have bothered Callum Wilson. And as Daniel Smith points out, Malcolm, uh, he says 13 is the lucky number for him. Of course, that's the shirt that he wore at Bournemouth. So maybe he's more superstitious about wearing that, Mal. <laughs> maybe so. So, well, good luck to him on that. I, um, I really do wish him well. And, and look forward to seeing him play in black and white stripes. I really do. Um, but I'm... I'm I'm still trying to get my head around this Joe Linton thing. Where is he going to play? If the players that have been purchased in recent days, if they're going to get into the side, I can't see where the room is for Joe Linton. Mm. What's your thoughts on the left back, Malcolm? Do you know much about him? The guy from uh, the guy from Watford, Jamal Lewis. <sighs> from no. I I, I, I've seen him play two or three times. Um, he's, he's done nothing wrong. Um, and and uh, he, he, he's a nice, tidy footballer. Um, but I look forward to seeing him on a, on a very regular basis. And, that, and that's when you can seriously judge people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, but... The, that's uh, it's sort of pretty much um, saying who who is going to be the number three, the left back. Uh, I don't think that Steve Bruce um, fancies the uh, the lad that's already there. Mm, uh, a, lot of people, a lot of people suggesting left wing. Uh, David Phelps says maybe Joe Linton will just be sub. A lot of people think and will go with Andy Carroll on Saturday. We'll come to that game in a minute. But yeah, John, I mean, left-back's been a problem over the last few years. A lot of people been yeah. crying out for a left-back. Often you feel that Paul Dummett doesn't really see himself as a left-back. You know, would always feel more comfortable playing in the centre. Uh, mm. But he's he's been almost like the, the only man standing at times. But what's what's your take on the new full-back that's come in from Norwich, as you quite rightly corrected us? Yeah, um, I mean, left-back has been a problem, Steve, without a shadow of doubt. We had Willems and we had Rose on loan last season. Uh, mm. The trouble with Paul Dummett, who I think is a, is quite a good in a flat-back four, but not as a wing-back where he's got to get mm. up and down mm. because his strength's not getting yeah, forward. He's not but good at going Paul Dummett isn't job. fit a lot of the time now. No, not at all, Malcolm. And and he's not fit regularly enough. He's not fit now. So yeah, which shows yeah. you how much we need Jamal Lewis because he's not fit. Now, this kid, the two things we've got to say here is he's blisteringly quick. And Newcastle, outside of Maximum and Almirin, have been struggling for pace. So mm. the, the signing of the three guys this week, who are all quick is good. And we must remember as well, this is a kid who Liverpool were very, very keen just a few weeks ago to take to be the cover to to, their, to Robertson at Liverpool. And then the, the, the fee got in the way of the thing and they took the Greek guy instead. But if it was considered good enough by Jürgen Klopp 
to be part of the squad at the Champions and the recent European Champions as well, surely he's got a good chance to be good enough for us. And I do think that he's a little bit better than good enough for us. I think he's got a real chance. And um, it does solve the two things that have made me happy this week, Michael, is that we've tried to solve two of the major problems in the club, i.e., is centre forward plays as a centre forward and can score goals, and a yes. left back who's comfortable there, not popping Matt Ritchie in or, or, or relying on Dummett with his fitness. We've tried to solve two major problems in the team, and I'm pleased about that. Yeah, I think they're both good. Well, listening to the interviews today on Sky Sports, they all sound very, you know, very accomplished. The, the, you know, I know a lot of players now are media trained and, you know, they're, they're told to say the right things. But yeah, the, it's very impressive. A lot of people asking about Chion Wura. Colin Wilson asking, is Chion Wura in Parliament later to talk about the Premier League and the Toads that run it? Yes, uh, is the answer. She is on at seven o'clock, I believe. And, and Malcolm, we've... Uh, We've had our old friend Dick Masters back on television today. Uh, I'm not sure whether you saw Richard Masters come out and mm. talk a little bit about, uh, you know, about people returning to football stadiums. Uh, it might have been a little bit uh, premature for him to come out with that as the Prime Minister came back on at four o'clock and said that uh, return to sporting events could be highly unlikely. But, um, but yeah, we've got a situation <laughs> developing again uh, online on, on social media because... Uh, once again, he got doorstepped about takeovers, um, and he he more or less admitted uh, in a roundabout way that um, you know they would be looking at the owners and directors test. Now you can take that two ways. The majority of social media took it that oh well, the takeovers off, and you know the, him saying that's not a good sign. Again, I took it. In, I took it in a positive way because you know what he's what he's essentially said was we need to look at this owners and directors test. It's it's not it's not right. I think that there's been some frailties with it, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't talking about Newcastle United in particular. In fact, the only team he actually referenced was Bury. But with regards to Newcastle United's takeover, I think that that is a positive. And should there be uh, a return to the table by PIF and PCP and the Rubens uh, publicly with the Premier League, uh, we might see a chink of light in it. And, and like I said last week, you know, I, I'm still very optimistic that we will see some kind of movement or action and something will happen. But yeah, Richard Masters coming out and saying that is is encouraging, isn't it? I, I would I would say it is anyway. Well, yes, and yet it was the Saudis who um, who walked away of their own volition. And and so I wonder, would they be prepared to return? And I'm I'm not so sure, Steve. You you seem to have a confidence in it that they would, um, but I really am not sure that they that they would be prepared to do so. <clears throat> um, Arabs don't like to <clears throat> be seen to change their mind. I don't think that once they made a decision, they stick with it. And I I. And so I'm very sceptical on all of this. He did sympathise with the Newcastle fans, Malcolm. Uh, he did say, I sympathise with the Newcastle fans. That's why I spoke to the NUFC Trust uh, and wrote an open letter to MPs around the the the, uh, the failed takeover. So there was there was that reference. And, you know, that's, I think, where people are getting the negativity from, feeling that, um, you know, that's him saying, well, I've spoken to the fans and that's the end of it, you know. But, uh, yeah, some people, is, again, mixed opinion on here. Mitch Hunter, he's saying that, he you know, he's going to move the goalpost again. Steve, my guess, to block a second attempt from the Saudis. Uh, that's, that's my opinion. Uh, Martin says, Richard Masters is just doing a PR exercise before the MPs discuss the takeover situation, which, of course, as I said, is at seven o'clock tonight. Uh, Jordan, he says, China's pulled £600 million in TV rights. Masters has also lost £1 billion in investment from the Saudis. He's not really improving his, his CV, is he? And uh, David Little, he says, I think Masters has realised he's lost Saudi money after losing Chinese money. It's panic stations. I'd be surprised if PIF came back. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm still very mm -hmm. confident. Malcolm's sitting on the fence, which I understand why. Uh, we've all built our hopes up too many times to, to do it again. John, what's your take? Basically, the same as Malcolm. I'm hoping you're right, Steve, because regardless of this week in the transfer market, Newcastle United's long-term future is not with Mike Ashley. 
pray God um, because things aren't um, We need a break still in that situation. Uh, but I've got to this, I've got to this dwell, believe when it happens. And in the meantime, I do not want to get too enthused about the possibility because this was the closest we ever got to utopia. We went from thinking we might just be in Manchester City to thinking we're going to be relegated and then just coming a little bit back this last week to think we can just escape relegation. But that is still keeping the bar low, isn't it? You know, the, the signings this week have given optimism to Tyneside, but only that we can avoid relegation, not that we're going to smack the top of the table. Uh, so do need any sort of chance. Yeah, no, yeah. Fair, fair enough. Fair. Daniel Smith asks a question, Mal. Oh, go on, Mal. Yeah. Go on. Well, it was exactly that that I wanted to uh, to mention. So if you want to read it out, please do. Yeah. Fenerbahce have Joe Linton on a list of players that they want, apparently. Would you just cut the losses and get a younger striker if an offer for Joe came in? Liverpool are considering the sale of Rian Brewster. Um, yeah. So, it, yeah, looks like a... he, it looks like he's going to go, Rian Brewster. Um, mm -hmm. and yes, I would certainly get what get what I can for Joe Linton and, um, and I would go for Rian Brewster. And... Uh, 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 the, I think he, I think he's just over twenty, isn't he? Twenty, twenty-one. Yeah. Um, you know what? And 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 he's got a, a a terrific pedigree in with regards to who he's been playing with, who he's been learning from. Um, and I I would think that he will he will be a very serious goal scoring prospect in the Premiership. Yeah, well, we've broken the we've broken the mould here, John, haven't we? Or Mike Ashley has. We're we're being led to believe by the 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 media narrative that this is this is down to Bruce's fantastic relationship with Mike Ashley. In fact, only today Mike Ashley flew in in his helicopter and uh, skydived onto the training pitch to 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 come and speak to Steve Bruce and to embrace his new players. So, uh, you know, is is this a match made in heaven, Steve Bruce and? Uh, Mike Ashley. Great question. Can you may well remember, Steve, that this time last year, um, Ashley came in the same chopper to say how wonderful it was to Brucey and to congratulate Joe Linton on coming to Newcastle and getting the number nine shirt. And look at how that turned out. He seems to come up once a year in the chopper on the day of a press conference to unveil his new signings, Joe Linton last year, the three boys significantly, by the way, not himself into a press conference like where he can be asked questions, but he pops up, shakes hands with the new signers, has a word with Steve and then pops home again. So this is nothing new, uh, what has happened today. Um, I honestly think that he's... he's he was so interested in Newcastle, and a lot of people argue that's always been the case. But I think he is looking now that he may well be the owner of Newcastle for the whole of this season. And as such, has got to protect his investment with what has been done this week in the transfer market and with jollying up his manager and his new players. It's, it's a move because this man suddenly thinks he might be here longer than he anticipated or longer than he wished. Okay, there's another good point from Mad Mag Mark Malcolm. George Culkin said today that both Fraser and Wilson were players on the stably-led consortium transfer list. Ashley still wants this sale of the club to go through. Certainly moves to keep the consortium sweet. And we saw a little... Uh, somebody actually put something up there a little bit earlier about uh, Keith Downey, of course, on Sky. Yeah, he did say that. He did say that Mike Ashley was hoping that the consortium would come back to the table. So we're getting plenty sound bites from Mike Ashley with regards to the Saudi bid. Um, Richard Masters coming out and saying something positive. Uh, George Culkin, who we know is very close to Amanda Stavely, coming out and saying that Fraser and Wilson were both on a potential new consortium's list. Um, is someone pulling the strings here, Malcolm, do you think? Or is, is, this, is this literally Ashley, you know, protecting his investment? Uh, well, it... 
a really interesting one, this. Um, if that is true, that these players were on the list, um, then uh, I, I wonder whether behind the scenes that, uh, that uh, there are talks still ongoing, despite the fact that the Saudis appear to have pulled out. Um, and that uh, uh, I, I, and I agree wholeheartedly that Mike Ashley wants to get this deal done. He wants to sell uh, Newcastle United. And, uh, and so uh, he may well have said, you know, what players are on your list? And uh, I, you know, if I can afford them, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of kick off um, before anything actually happens with regards to a takeover. Yeah, John, you know, is that something? John, is that something that would surprise you? Um, you know, if that was all interlinked. Quite frankly, yes, it would surprise me because the problem isn't. Keep it in my mind, Steve. The problem isn't keeping the Saudis on side. Basically, if they were guaranteed tomorrow that this deal would go through, they would still do it. I don't think there's a need to keep them on side by signing their players. The problem is the Premier League. The problem isn't might I want to sell or not, Stavely's mob want to buy or not. That's the problem. That remains exactly the way it has always been. The problem is the Saudis getting over the beaches poop that is the Premier League. That is the problem. And whether we sign Fraser or Wilson ain't going to make the Premier League change their mind. It's the Premier League that have, that have got to be persuaded there is a way around this deal or it can still be done or it can happen again. I mean, I, in fairness to Steve Bruce, I believe these two signings have been on Steve Bruce's list for an awful long while and he is the man in charge today, not not the Saudis or whoever they would want as manager or whatever. And I think Ashley is saying, Steve Bruce has been saying to Ashley, the best thing you can do, Mike, is, is protect your investment. Otherwise, at the end of the this coming season, you might be selling a championship side. And if you can do that by signing these people, bear in mind that we've only spent something like less than $36 million this week because the guy is free. Um, so we've spent less than we spent to get Joe Linton. So we haven't certainly gone berserk in the other signings that we had. Hendricks and the goalkeeper were free transfers. So it's not suddenly like Ashley has unloosened his purse strings and, and Chelsea-type money's fallen out. It is nothing like that. I think it's clever being within the rigid restrictions that Newcastle United have got. Um and so I'm not reading too much into that regarding the uh, takeover because it doesn't cut one iota with the Premier League and they're the ones mine we've all got to change. Yeah, fair enough, uh, John. Good point. Uh, Stephen Lord is asking us, who do we think um, Newcastle United will sell uh, or get rid of um, over, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Lejeune uh, has been linked now with a loan deal, I think, Malcolm, out of the club. Um, you, know, you know, I think a lot of us agree that we've seen the best of Lejeune. He's had two horrific yeah. injuries. Um, unfortunately, when he came back, you know... And age is against him as well, Steve. Oh, 100%. But, is it, you know, yeah. so it looks like Lejeune will go. Um, do you think he'll be able to offload the likes of Mutu, etc.? Well, <laughs> you... I. I would dearly hope so. Uh, you know, the two players who I feel are doing Newcastle United no good whatsoever are Muto and Joe Linton. Uh, and and I would be a, a very happy man um, if I were to see both of those players go. Yeah. Okay. John, any word, you know, in the, in the journalist's world about, you know, other deals or if there's anybody else likely to go over the next couple of weeks? I, I think we desperately need now, and we always have, of course, to unload some guys because we get guys who are on the books, players don't actually make the Premier League squad. People like Severt and uh, Orlando, Aaron's, uh, Lazar. We need those type of players out quick. 
I'm like Malcolm, I would love to see Muto, etc. go as well. But the two problems is, who's going to buy Muto with his goal-scoring record, uh, for starters? And secondly, when somebody, even if they're presented with a player for peanuts, can't wages turn Newcastle United, which is what Colback was there for so long, which is why Savet's been there for so long, which is why Lazar's been there for so long. Uh, and so it's very, very difficult to get rid. But we need now to get rid of people. And no doubt, centre halves will come into it. A Lejeune, yeah, I can understand that. And one way of getting him out is that to go out on loan. So therefore the wages aren't affected and there's but there's no transfer fees for the buying. So it's easy go as well. We're overstocked among centre halves without them necessarily being good. Remember that despite having all these centre halves, um Steve Bruce wanted Rob Holding, who unfortunately now looks as if he will not be coming because our tether seems to have had second thoughts and decided that he wants to hold on to this guy, which is a bit of a shame, I feel. I think it is a bit of a shame. I think we could do without door slammed because there has been injuries, but Lejeune and Shaw, form-wise, went to rest towards the end of last season. And while we might have a lot of numbers in, in centre-offs, I don't... You, you have a look at how many goals we let in last season. Um, you know perhaps a problem to be solved before the window closes another striker in a sense certain for me anyway yeah Malcolm the form in the preseason hasn't been great I know it's it's slightly different this year because of the the short gap between the end of this last season and the beginning of this one uh defeats obviously uh, to lower league opposition as well uh, you know, Stoke, Stoke, obviously at the weekend, mm. um, Middlesbrough, of course, got thumped 5-1. Is that, yeah. is, that a con is that a concern um, or is that alleviated with these signings? Well, I've always said that uh, I never pay much attention to pre-season results. It's what I see the players doing, get, getting themselves um, totally fit, uh, their, their touch, their... their um, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> but what has rather scared me um, was the Middlesbrough result uh, that um, that to concede five. And I and I watched um, I watched the goals uh, on on um, news, and uh, it it wasn't a good showing from the back four. I have to say they looked. Um, um, quite ragbaggish. Yes, yeah, that that was disappointing, John, to see the back four concede as many goals, especially against Middlesbrough, who don't mm. score many. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. And and that problem hasn't really been here yet. Um, or yes, there, there, there's a slight need to. Um, Simmer down a little bit and see realistically that there are, are still problems there. But you can't you can't help but say, "Go on, lads!" To the jolly lads this week to feel a bit of optimism at long last with the signings we've got. But we, and we suffer, and you touched on it last night, from injuries, and we've already got Dubravka out. For a while, although hopefully it's only going to be another month, not two months. So it was said today by Steve Bruce. We've got Dwight Gale, the other goal scorer, out for a yeah. while. So we're in a situation where if the new left back got injured or if Callum Wilson got injured, where are we? If Callum Wilson gets injured and Gale is already injured, we've got Joe Linton with two goals last season. We've got Muto, who doesn't score, and Andy Carroll, who literally hasn't scored a competitive goal yet for Newcastle. So we haven't got depth. The only place we've really got strength in depth is probably the two central midfield players, where because Hendricks has come in and we've got the two long staffs, got Shelby. And we've got Hayden. Uh, there's a few there, 
but elsewhere we can be vulnerable and situation can change very easily with a bad knock somewhere and next week for example we start with three games in a week don't we we, we play at west ham we're playing the league cup at home on tuesday night the blackburn and then we go again at the weekend so there's always a possibility of injuries and heaven forbid that that happens to us but it seems to quite often yeah malcolm david phelps asking uh do you think middlesbrough game the players actually tried there was there was stories of them coming off the pitch smiling and laughing and uh you know whatever but i think some of this gets blown out of proportion a, a little bit but i mean would players go into a pre-season friendly without trying uh not really no um if they if they've got any serious intentions of uh, being in the first team um yeah. then they need to impress uh, steve bruce and his coaches and if they don't then there is no point in picking them um but uh I, we i wasn't able to see the game there were just one or two sort of highlights the goals um that i was able to um to view so I don't know what um, what happened generally in the game, and uh, um, but certainly it gives Steve Bruce um, the, the good excuse to really sort the defence and defenders out, and, and yeah. to really uh, work them hard, um, get them seriously organised, um, and certainly one or two new faces perhaps. Uh, won't go amiss at all. I, you mentioned um, holding from Arsenal. I, w I was a bit disappointed on that. He, he is a really, really good player, um, and uh, he and he has that Arsenal discipline um, of of getting organised from the very first second. Um, you know, it's it's something that's been there for for over half a century and uh at, at, um, at arsenal and uh it's and and it would certainly put um the newcastle defense in good stead if they had somebody like that in um getting everything organized and, and getting players to do what they need to do a quick one there malcolm for you on uh callum wilson do you think you die for the cause is he that is he that kind of player david says obviously you were a player who'd put your face where the boots were um you know do you see wilson as that kind of player yeah i think so yes yeah he'll, he, he he's um i think i think he sort of has a bit of a rough and ready attitude um to mm. things like that and and uh yeah he'll stick his head in without any doubts um, and it, he'll get into those positions that give him the chance to to stick his um, head in. That's what Joe Linton doesn't do. He doesn't get into the situation in the first place. Um, I, I know I've mentioned this some while back, but last season, I saw Joe Linton only twice sprint from outside the box into the box into to the edge of the six yard box and each time he did that he scored they were his goals now why didn't he do that all of the time keep making those runs if it works once great if it works twice even better that's a formula for success keep doing it but he doesn't and so i don't think it registers in inside um of his head um what he needs to do to actually score goals you know but uh but we've got it we've got a fella um coming in who he knows exactly what he's got to do yes he'll stick his head in if he he's the kind of lad i think that if he sniffs a goal he'll stick anything in there whatever's the best um to to ensure he just gets that vital uh, contact to knock it goalwards yeah yeah i agree please folks while you're watching just hit the little thumb underneath the video give the video a like and give it a share if you can on facebook and twitter for us all views do uh do uh, help us and um follow us on facebook as well nufc matters uh somebody mentioned there slightly earlier it's mike ashley's birthday today john um 
but it's also uh, a, a legend, a club legend's birthday. It's Frank Clark's. Uh, tell us a little bit about Frank for those younger viewers watching. Yeah, I think we'll uh, celebrate Frank's a little bit more and we'll celebrate Mr. Ashley's, even though we've had the week we have had. Frank Clark, as Malcolm knows ever so well, I mean, I was here during the whole of Frank Clark's Newcastle United. Uh, Malcolm joined in the team that uh, went to Wembley in the FA Cup final, etc. He was one of the most underrated players at Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Defensively, absolutely magnificent. Uh, a huge Geordie Hart, who on in the twilight of his career and had arguably the best part of his career as a player at Nottingham Forest when he won everything up to the European Cup final. Um, a fabulous player who has always maintained the European First Cup with Newcastle genuinely meant as much to him as winning the European Cup with Nottingham Forest. And I do believe that uh, uh, to be true. Uh, a man who went on and become a manager and did very well as a manager at, uh, at Nottingham Forest and at Man City and then went on into the boardroom and become chairman um, uh, at Forest. So he's done just about every job there is to be done in football. Um, a lovely, lovely lad. Uh, epitomises a time for me with my great love of Newcastle United. When I think won the European and Malcolm's team went to Wembley in the FA Cup final of 74 when we had a real swashbuckling run to the final which was exciting and dramatic and the town was taken over completely with the bug uh, so happy birthday to Frank lovely to have the memories of Frank and um, could those sort of days please return relatively quickly kids Malgam, what's your what's what's your memories of Frank Clark? Oh, Frank, um, he um, he was a very very intelligent man, and also a very intelligent footballer, um, and he he could talk very seriously about the game all day long, and and he was always worth listening to, and and I, I used to go out for lunch. Um, after training um, with him most days of the week, um, and and uh, and I have to say that thanks to him, I learned a lot um, from Frank. I really did. Um, it was, the, and I've noticed the comments that are coming in about from fans saying how good he was. That wasn't how he was seen by supporters back then, in 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 the seventies. Um, in the early 70s, um, I, I used to have a lot of arguments with supporters with regards to Frank, and they would say, "Well, oh, no, he's, you know, he doesn't get for it. You don't see him tackle." And I said, "No, he doesn't tackle because he only waits until he can nick the ball, and he's brilliant at doing it. And he was brilliant at doing it. Um, he was very quick. Nobody ever got past him, um, and." Uh, and, and and wingers didn't like playing against him. That I have to say. Um, and 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 when he was given a free transfer in, in the summer of '75, the season had just ended, and he was absolutely bereft. He couldn't believe it because he was actually in the in the throes of negotiating the contract with Joe Harvey, and and Joe was instructed by the board to let him go. And so Frank went and joined um, Nottingham Forest, uh, Brian Clough signed him and uh, he won the second division championship. He then won the first division championship, then won the European Cup and they won it again the, the following year just for good measure. You know, now that is, is remarkable and I wonder just what uh, the Newcastle directors who instructed Joe to give him a free uh, made of made of that um, because Frank was one of those players that if you didn't really understand the game, he wouldn't impress you. 
so much. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and I had all the time in the world for Frank. He is the best left back I have played with. And I've played with a lot, but he was the very best. Great, great uh, memories of, of Frank Clark there. We'll wish him all the best. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's always good looking back on these players and, and uh, you know, the memories we've got. But yeah, that, I agree. That, that was it just before my time, but just just watching some of the footage of Frank Clark and seeing how well he did in his career. He, he's another one of those uh, legends in the game. Um, let's start looking ahead to the to the weekend, lads. Um, and and West Ham, of course, our, our opening fixture. West Ham, John, seem to be in a bit of turmoil. Uh, players coming out and in the press and the social media, um, making comments about owners, managers, yeah. etc. It's never a good sign. No, it, it's lovely to see, isn't it? I mean, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's normally us that suffer like that. But uh, we've had a situation, we talked about us having a, a, a bad pre-season in terms of backup defeats by championship sides but West Ham last weekend lost at home to Bournemouth relegated out of the uh, out of the Premier League of course and without the two lads who were about to sign for Newcastle and Bournemouth won 5-3 at at West Ham uh, it was rumored that the local kid that was sold to West Brom was sold to the head of Dave Moyes, the manager, um, and that Moyes was dischuffed about that. Various uh, deals that he's tried to get through this week in the transfer market, he hasn't so far been unable to do so. So all is not sweetness and light down there. So it might be the ideal time with us on something of an up to get West Ham on something of a down and do something about it. Because the last thing we need, with all this optimism, newfound optimism that's flying about on Tyne's side, all we need is to lose a West Ham with a fluky goal or, or whatever, whatever, to prick our bubble and everybody to go, oh, don't need that. They need to get a result, at least a draw, but let's win. Because I think West Ham are in turmoil and to get off of a flyer is important because the, mm. the opening fixtures, all right, etc. But the opening fixtures are quite decent paired with what eventually comes nearer the running next year. So let's get points in the bag early doors. Okay, yes. And on top of that, John, what I would say is that I would agree that uh, West Ham do appear to be in some ter turmoil. The players don't seem happy or, nor settled. But on top of that, I don't get the impression that they that they have a confidence about playing in the stadium they're in. They don't look comfortable out on that pitch. And so uh, I think Newcastle can certainly um, create an upset this weekend. Yeah, uh, Mad Mark and a few others pointing out that Callum Wilson has seven goals in eight appearances against West Ham. Let's hope he adds more goals to that record. I've got, uh, I've, I've got a sneaky suspicion he, he might just add to that at the weekend. So let's, yeah. uh, let's hope so. And um, as you say, it's a good time to play West Ham. Certainly uh, going in, going into that first game. Malcolm, who do you think? Yeah. Um, sorry, Steve. Who, Steve yeah. Sorry, can I just um, interrupt what you were going to say? Yeah. Can I just say? Well done to the Premier League for actually changing their minds and, and declaring that every game will be televised so, yeah. that, so, you know, so that we can see our teams play um, for the full 90 minutes. So I, I thought it was the most ridiculous um, decision of theirs in the first place, but they've corrected it. So well done, the Premier League. Yeah, fair play, no, Malcolm. It, no, fair, fair play, and yeah, it is good news. Obviously, Newcastle will be on at eight o'clock on Saturday night, so uh, it means everyone yeah. who watches Britain's Got Talent will have to uh, record that and watch <laughs> the match instead. Um, joking, joking aside, the, the the team, Malcolm. What, how do you see the team lining up at Saturday? Steve Bruce is now, um, and it's always good to have as a manager has uh, plenty of decisions to make. 
He has. Um, and I, as a manager, I always, as a player, as a manager, I always felt, <coughs> excuse me, I always felt that when you bought a player, stick him in, you know, don't, um, so that, uh, so that they're, they're in from the very start. Um, and, uh, and so I can see a side that is pretty unrecognizable from, from what we were watching last season. And, uh, and, and I should just be watching very carefully every single second of the game as it ticks, as they tick by, um, just to see how Steve Bruce and his coaches have got it, um, uh, formulated. Um, out on the pitch, and and how the players are working together, how how they're creating understandings. It's going to be a quite fascinating uh, match down there in London. It really is. Um, you know, I remember back to to when um, when I first joined Newcastle. My opening game was away at Crystal Palace, and uh, and, and so it was John Tudor and I playing together in a league match, um, which is a lot different from friendlies, um, playing together for the first time in a, in a league match against a, a first a top division side. And, um, and of course, then there was Terry Hibbert, you know, and, and so we had to, uh, um, we all had to get to know him um, and so on and so forth. And, and of course, he and I, we, we, we were very much key characters in the side, but we had to, we had to prove that. Um, and so the Crystal Palace game, it, it didn't go well at all. But sometimes when that happens, you learn a lot. And, and I think that we did. And then we went to Spurs on, on the Tuesday or the Wednesday night. And we got a nil-nil draw, and it, and that was a really good point. Um, and then we came to Newcastle, and we beat Liverpool, who were one of the best sides in the country. In fact, one of the best in Europe. And so it was a very quick um, and massive improvement over those three games. Um, and so it, things aren't going to, to, to be absolutely knitted together come Saturday. But with the right attitude... Um, and with the right understanding of what's going on around you, of who's around you and, and, and what they're doing and what they're trying to do, um, you can very quickly get it all put together. Uh, and, uh, and, and particularly with West Ham being in some turmoil, as, as we've already mentioned. So, Malcolm, let's, let's go through the team before I come to John. Um, in goal, who's he going to give the nod to? Well, I think he's got us, it, despite his dreadful error, um, I, I think he's, he's got to stick with a lad who's been doing the pre-season friendlies. Uh, you know, and, and I, 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 did, I don't know whether you saw that sort of looping shot um, uh, from Middlesbrough. And, uh, and, and he was right up there in, in, the, in the top corner. You think, ah, he's got it. But in... in he, but he just sort of whacked it in into the net instead of just pushing it over the bar. So, um, uh, 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 you're going to go for Darlow in goal, John. What about Darlow you? Goal. Yes, John. What about you, goalkeeper? I think he. I think he'll definitely start with Darlow. I don't think, in my mind, I don't think there's a question about that. He will go with Darlow. I think. Okay, back back four, John. Are we going? Are we going? Are we going for three centre halves, yeah. wing backs? What what are we going for? Do you think? And if if no. give us give us give us your back four or I back mean, five. I, yeah, I've, I've got a feeling that he'll go for a flat back four, uh, particularly when he hasn't got holding as well. He hasn't brought in a centre half, so you would then go with Lascelles. And Fernandez is your two centre halves, and Jamal Lewis on the left. It's saying, who do you go on the right? And we are short on the right, plenty bodies. Um, but I'm not a Yedlin fan. He, he, he's he's a poor defender. Uh, 
the, the Swedish guy I have still to be convinced of, and I think I would go with Manquillo. It like that. Yeah, I would go with Manquillo um, for sure. Um, the Swedish guy, dear me. Um, Kraft, Kraft. Kraft, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Well, he totally lacks that. What was that you said? Uh, it's Kraft, not crap. Uh, <laughs> um, so John, yeah, that was, John, that's John, what I was asking you, Stephen. Yes. Yeah. John, um, John's gone for a back four, Malcolm. Of, uh, is yes, that the same I, would go, I would go with a back four. Uh, I'd be quite happy on that. Um, I'm. I'm I'm wary of playing three centre halves because then you you're pushing your fullbacks sort of into a different kind of position, um, or or if if they don't get forward, um, then you're stuck with half your team um, in your penalty area or on the edge of it, um, and, and and it's important that you get numbers um, forward. And, and so often Newcastle weren't doing that. They, they would they would have a back line that was stuck in a in the um, penalty area, and they they just weren't getting out and, and pushing the game up the field. And so it was all being played in in the Newcastle half, you know. And and, uh, and when that happens, it's not you that's in possession; it's the opposition. Um, and and as we saw, I think Newcastle had the had the least possession um of any side last season in the premiership okay what about your midfield I, I think oh, go on john may i say may i say on the center house before we go i don't know what option he's got but to go with a flat back four when you think that kieran clark is unfit shaw's mm -hmm. unfit lejeune is of to uh, Spain on loan for the season and don't so I with three centre halves. Okay, midfield, Malcolm. How do you see the midfield lining up? We've got an abundance of players in midfield, but as a lot of people have mentioned, including Ben, we've got very little creativity. Yes, um, yes, I understand that, um, but we do have width, um, and and so. Uh, um, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Richie is going to be used in some way or another. Um, and I just wonder whether whether Richie and Shelby could maybe do a job in the very centre um, uh, and and look to be supplying. You know, we, we've we've seen uh, Matt Richie. Um, he's played in a, in a whole number of positions. We haven't yet seen him in the centre of midfield, but... Uh, um, I, I just have a feeling that he really could do a job in there, um, and he and he gets his head up all the time. He's looking all the while, looking forward. Um, but I don't know. Um, it, it's always this is this is I think the the hardest team to for us to try and pick um, when there are so many new faces that have come in and it's the the start of a season. Difficult. Yeah. Okay. Midfield. Mid. Midfield prediction. Then Malcolm John. How do you see it working out? Well, I, I've got a feeling that when we're talking about midfield, you've got the two centre midfield positions, and then the the wide, the two wide guys, the wingers, if you like. I've been one of those central midfield. Positions. I think he will start the dining. Start Hendricks, and it'll be a matter of whether you go with Hayden or Shelby if he's fit enough. He's missed the last two preseason, but uh, Steve Bruce said today that he is fit. So it's it's who you would put alongside Hendricks, and it may well be Hayden. If you go then out wide, uh, San Maximum would obviously be one of them. Is the other one going to be? Richie is the other one going to be Joe Linton playing wide on the left if he's going to get in the team. He's not going to be centre forward. That's the only position he can play. Heaven forbid, and I can see Malcolm's situation. Um, we're not talking about who I would play, but who might actually play on Saturday. That would probably go for for Richie and wide and Hendricks alongside either Hayden or Shelby. And then they deal with the two up front, either one tucked behind the, the centre forward or double striker. 
you mentioned Hayden, um, and I keep hearing from supporters um, how well they think he's doing, and I honestly don't see it. I really do not see it from Hayden at all, and uh, um, I don't feel. I think he would do okay in the championship, but he doesn't offer enough from the centre of midfield in the Premiership. And I don't think he's got the ability to offer enough. Um, you know, and that's why uh, um, I mentioned play, playing Richie in there. If, if, if the wings positions are occupied, play Richie in there because he's looking, he, he sees things. He'll be knocking, he'll be um, playing balls in for forwards, um, you know, hitting their runs and what have you. Um, but Hayden, I'm, I'm sorry, I just, I, I really can't see him uh, doing it enough in the Premiership. He didn't do it last season for me and he won't do it this season. I was always concerned about Hayden, I've got to be honest, when, you know, he didn't want to stay under Rafa. Family reasons were, were mooted, but, you know, then suddenly he wanted to stay uh, when Steve Bruce came in. So I, I've always been questioning his commitment to the cause, but um, he's been OK in flashes. He's not somebody who impresses me massively. Would he mm. start for me at the weekend? I'd say no. I think we've got a lot more choice. Hendricks is proven. Um, yeah. he's, he's, at a, he's at a good age. I'd, I'd take a gamble on Hendricks. As everybody knows, I'm not a big Shelby fan either. But under the circumstances, um, he is creative. He's probably our only creative player who's in there at the moment. Sure. I would probably give him a shout. Um, I'd look to protect a, a very weak Back four, though. The back four hasn't really got a leader. I'm more concerned about the back four and the goalkeeper. And we've leaked a few goals in, in pre-season. So, yeah, it's a hell of a decision. I'm glad I'm not getting paid to make it. I'm, 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 we're only having to say it. The big question, lads, and I know we're running over slightly, but, um, you know, I, I, you know, I want to ask you about... Um, you know, the, the formation, you're both suggesting four, you know, we're going to, we might go four, four, two, who are going to play up front. You would suggest that Callum Wilson will get a start, make his debut in the number 13. Who's he going to play alongside him? Who would you like to see him play alongside Malcolm? Well, um, I just, I just wonder, um, whether, uh, you could play maybe Richie on the left and put some Maximin running around, um, Callum. Uh, up front, you know, because I, I, the number of times I've, I've witnessed uh, St. Maximin coming inside and he's looking um, to get his shots away. And I think, well, maybe, maybe he could do the same, create the same danger um, in the middle, playing off of, um, off, off of a, a centre forward. So if Steve Bruce were to go that way, I wouldn't have any complaints at all. Andy Carroll's been the form man, Malcolm. Would you play Andy Carroll and Callum Wilson or not? <sighs> I, I, I'm not so sure about that. Um, I, I'm really not convinced about uh, Andy Carroll's fitness, I'm afraid. Um, and, and the Premier League these days, you have to be absolutely spot on. You really do. Fitness is a key to uh, playing in, in in this division, and uh, and I'm I'm just not sure that Andy Carroll's got it. He's got everything else going for him, but it's the fitness angle that worries me. Okay, Joe McClellan reckons four two three one. Wilson up top with Almiron behind him with the Saint and Richie either side of Almiron. John, what's your take then? What are you going to do up front? Well, I mean, obviously Wilson's a given without any shadow of doubt. I think I would probably, if I if I'm using San Maximum out wide, I would probably use Armoron uh, just behind Wilson. I don't think uh, Ryan will start out wide because he hasn't played for six months. I think off the bench, if at all, because it would be unfair on the boy. Um, would you play uh, Carroll alongside um, Wilson? A lot of people would say yes because it's the game against West Ham. He's old club and they might just go for him and he might just score. I've got a feeling that they would take a chance 
if Carol and Wilson played together because they're both orthodox number nines. And like Malcolm said, I've got a big question mark against Andy's fitness. I think mm. Andy's more likely to be used off the bench and Fraser used off the bench. And I would go Almiron behind Wilson. Okay, good stuff. Um, I'm going to ask you for predictions, Malcolm. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you might be up for it. I'm going to get you back on as I always do pre-match. Um, if you're up for that on Saturday and after match, just for for ten minutes, have a chat about the game. But give us your prediction, Malcolm. It might change once we see the team on Saturday, of course. But give us your prediction now. How do you see Newcastle United faring at West Ham? Um, I don't think they will lose. Now, whether they can score enough goals to get the win. Um, I don't know because I, I think that uh, there's every likelihood that um, Newcastle will concede. I'm going to go for um, a, a two-all draw. Okay, two-two, and John, your prediction. Well, last season, if you remember, we won three at West Ham near the season at West Ham with the two defences that these two clubs have got the defenders I could well see five goals again happening uh, but I'm going to go for Newcastle to win 2-1 two, 2-1 one. Two, one. good stuff James agrees with you uh, last couple of points Little Musgrave says Carroll isn't a Premier League starter he's a good option from the bench if you want to change it uh, or are needing a late goal uh, Chris Collins says the new boys apparently had to sing happy birthday to Mike Ashley today as part of as part of the terms I, I find that hard to believe Chris but you never know yeah. I'm sure <laughs> they've been fond of a pizza with their Mike in the past like with Lascelles leading the uh, team to, um, uh, to the posher ends of Newcastle to go and have a pizza with Mike so you never know there might have been a birthday cake um, mm -hmm. to be honest if there'd been a birthday cake with Mike Ashley there I think I would have been doing what Gaza did to uh, to somebody or what somebody did to Gaza in the World Cup in 1990 and that's pushing it into his face uh, David Anderson says 2-0 to the tune Daniel Kane says all players said about the ambition of the club did you notice a takeover on uh, Longstaff's liability uh, lots of people saying that and Byron just saying what everybody else is saying brilliant show again gents always a pleasure hearing all of your opinions thank you very much Byron uh, that's it lads great to be back on again with you and uh, hopefully um, catch up again same time next Wednesday but for now Malcolm and John thanks very much alright and enjoy the game on Saturday everyone Cheers, Thanks John. Thanks a lot, boys. Eight o'clock. Be there. Cheers now.